bottom of the evening to you. You're listening to Truth Outlaws. I'm your host with a toast, Clyde, but you can call me Saul. And I'm your host with the most, Bonnie, but you can call me Lee. While the insane stream brings you fake news with a veneer of legitimacy, we've decided to reverse this disturbing trend and bring you legitimate news with a veneer of fakery. All in the spirit of satire, of course, with all the plausible deniability and legal protections that provides. Of course. And all in good fun. Naturally. Be sure to check out our show notes for lots of truthy and juicy links. And please comment, like, follow, and share. Seriously, what have you got to lose? Uh, your blinders? Don't harass our listeners, Bonnie. They might wake up. And wouldn't that be a crime, Clyde? Welcome to Truth Outlaws, Episode 2, 21 Powerful Facts That Demolish the Official Novid-19 Narrative. And we're coming to you live for us anyway at the moment, uh, we're not dead yet, from beautiful Hilton Head Island, sunny South Carolina, as it emerges from, from quarantine and, and lockdown. There's a little bit of light filtering through the cocoon. Yes, it's filtering down through the Spanish moss into the cocoon. Of our isolated lives. Of our isolated lives. Island. It's been it's been a pleasure to share my isolation with you, Bonnie. I, I share that, Clyde. We didn't kill each other. We didn't kill kill each other. We didn't engage in any domestic violence, at least not too much. Although it's been getting a little uh, tense. Tense at times. I'm sure some of you out there can understand stepping on each other's toes in quarantine. I heard the divorce rate was going to go up, skyrocket after people come out of quarantine. I believe it. I believe it. We're going to see foreclosures go through the roof. We're going to see the divorce rate go way up. What else are we going to see? Well, a lot of changes in people people's lives. That's one thing I've thought about is that many people will make changes in their careers and their life paths. It's there's been such a break with the past in some ways. It'll be fascinating to see in what direction people start to move when things reopen. That could be exciting. That's a really good point. I think that a lot of people who have been figured out how to work from home, um, many of them, I imagine, have enjoyed being able to work from home and would like to continue that in some way. So, I mean, I, I know as a personally as a, as a hermit, a recluse, and a bit of a misanthrope, I've really enjoyed not having to be around people. It's probably been for the best. Probably been for the best. That's my that's my Swiftian self. You know, I don't like mm -hmm. being around the the yahoos that much. So, uh, you know, right. and there are lots of yahoos right now. I can tell you that. Uh, speaking of uh, of yahoos and really uh, stupid behavior, some very interesting information just showed up on the docket as of yesterday. This was a fascinating tweet by uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Just like that, CDC reduces its Bolonavirus death count to 37,000, and that's the CDC, the Centers for Disease Creation. 
That's nearly half the total they were peddling. Did 30,000 people spring back to life like Lazarus? No, this seems a gaffe, defined as a case of the CDC accidentally telling the truth. What do you even, make of that? I don't even know how that's possible. Did they go and reclassify all of these deaths to shift the numbers? It, it really doesn't make any sense. And it makes the whole CDC look very uh, incompetent. You think? It's yeah. really extraordinary. I uh, mean, it's a great thing on the one hand to hear that because it brings things you know, down to a more manageable and, you know, kind of corroborates with people's feelings like, you know, this isn't really that big a deal. This has been mild. You know, the most vulnerable people who have suffered from this were typically very ill or certainly had a number of health problems that they could have been impacted by anyway. You know, just like with a seasonal flu, which was the other thing um, the snippet said. That they, yeah, there's a, there's another snippet. I was going to read something, if I can find it, that uh, is, is on, on this subject. It was, it was a, it was something that I, I've been making these little quote boxes where I quote myself and I've been sharing them around on Facebook and Twitter and other places. And I mean, I guess it's just an act of vanity. I'm, I'm quoting myself, right? Actually, the reason I've done it is because people are on such information overload right now. And there's so many lies going left and right that it's really hard for them to process something as complex as, say, a short article. This is, I'm just talking about the people who still even know how to read, the, the ones who don't have bologna virus on the brain. And there are many, many of them. So I've been doing these short snippets of truth, uh, sometimes uh, in association with something that I call the devilishly clever word of the day, which is something that is inspired by a book of mine called The Angel's Dictionary. It's a book of satirical definitions. So, so comorbidity, you talked about people who might die from something else because something else was going on or more than one thing, right? So comorbidity, mm -hmm. this is my definition for that. Noun, deadly situation in which a secondary disease exists alongside a primary disease in a patient, such as in the case of Dr. Auchi is existing alongside Killmaster Bates in the United States. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, so we have a lot of comorbidity going on, just at the macro and the micro levels. So you were talking about the the... Well, we're back to this whole CDC thing. Uh, the 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 quote that comes to mind that someone on Rumor Mill News actually mentioned in relation to this to this twat was, and I'm 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 really surprised they're leaving the twat up there. They're 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 shutting down so much truth on all the social network platforms. You know whether it's you know Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, they're just shutting it all down, and yet they they will leave certain things up there, and that it always boggles my mind. Like who's making these decisions? What what godlike algorithm is is making making these choices? Right. Anyway, right. this person over on Rumor Mill News quoted quoted Twain, 
we we think it was Twain who said this: "Figures don't lie, but liars do figure." <laughs> Over at the Gateway Pundit, uh, there's an article on this on the CDC retraction or correction, whatever you want to call it. There it is. CDC equates Bolonavirus hospitalizations to seasonal flu, and finally admits it's much less dangerous for children. I mean, really? They really said that out loud. It's just as dangerous as the seasonal flu. They also said that the masks for Bolonavirus work a lot better if you wear them on your ass. <laughs> because well, we know, and there was, I know what you're going to say, say it, it's hilarious. Yeah, because um, there was a, a joke about... It wasn't um, even a joke, was it? Well, I was going to say, it started out as a joke, that uh, balloonavirus could be, um, next thing you'll hear is balloonavirus could be spread through farts. And then... Some uh, official nutcase somewhere came out with an article that actually said that farts could <laughs> transmit balonavirus. So make sure you don't have any naked farts. Was this not in something like the there. New York Times? I am not sure the, uh, the source. The Pooh the York Times, I should say. I'm not sure what the source is either. It was on... Um, I know it was on a YouTube. I don't. I don't know what the source was. I just know that there was a, a so popular. Did, did this person actually go shows. out and, and and study people's farts and and take take fart samples and and were they able from those farts to to isolate COVID nineteen in accordance with with Cox postulates? Well, certainly they wouldn't be able to do that since it's impossible. A because it doesn't exist, and B because no um, biological agent has ever been isolated through Cox postulate. Even Dr. Cox himself uh, was Schlachter Cox. Schlachter Cox was unable to fulfill his own postulates ever. There was one in particular, like the third one or something, he just couldn't satisfy ever. Yeah, so if you don't know and what a loser anyway, this 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 Robert Cox. What a what a you know, people who believe in him, like I said in the first show, are such cocksuckers. But think about the fact that he laid out this entire foundation for modern medicine, modern scientists, mo modern science. And now you have all these Scientologists, these students of, of scientism who, who follow this germ theory which is just a load of hocus pocus and that's what everything is based on in the world we're seeing today i had another little little quote you know i'm quoting myself again and I, uh, this is the quote i want you to think about this the biggest enemy of humanity humanity today isn't a virus it it isn't even those in power who act like viruses it's the scientific fraud known as germ theory. Remove that, and you take away our controller's ability to use health terrorism to control us. Yep, and that's, that's really important because that's the foundation of our whole medical system. Every bit of it. The AMA, the pharmaceutical industry, everything is, is built upon... Um, the belief that the AMA—that's the American Madness Association, right? Right. That humans 
are completely vulnerable to any given germ at any given time, that we are defenseless children and need, you know, uh, authoritative organizations and figures that we can look to to give us drugs and shots to help us fight off these biological villains which is completely bogus and actually if you think about it rationally is absurd that people ever went along with it in the first place how did humanity survive all of those millennia those hundreds of thousands of years without jacksines without i should say jacksines you know they're called jacksines because they hijack your health but how did humanity make it how did humanity make it without kill masturbates and blow Linda masturbates and their foundation it's a wonder isn't it and I think it's sad because every it, it points to that it's almost like archetypal like um, people and Kelly Brogan was actually talking about this in a Dr. Recent, Kelly Brogan Dr. she's Kelly not a schlocker she is no, a doctor she's um, a wonderful it's a wonderful perspective on things and saying that human humans have never actually individuated which means we haven't uh, or many of us have not gone through our own initiatory process where we develop in our into um, our own realized self-sufficient self um, dependent thinking uh, beings that aren't reliant upon someone else needing to make decisions for them like a child and so it it's almost sounds very evolutionary like when drugs were introduced and when this whole germ theory thing like came into being people were like ah oh, we're saved you know someone has found an answer to you know keeping us well and protecting us just like a parent would a child and something about that was extremely powerful i think and took hold Boy, I, I, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. Um, it, it There's such an infantilization that goes on with the entire medical model that we're in, that we're subject to, we literally are subjects to in a way. It's as if it's our monarch at the moment. Mm -hmm. And we, we, you know, there's just that, that need in so many people to look to authority for how to live their life, how to think, how to behave. Etc. And and no wonder people have just given up their freedoms left and right because most people are just children. It doesn't matter how old they are. And they trust the government, and they trust people in positions of power. For some reason, they think that that in some hierarchical way, that those people got in that place because they know best. But what's always interesting is how much people hate on the president. It doesn't matter who it is. There's so much hate that, you know, and judgment that goes on around every single president that comes into that position, and yet people still hand over, um, you know, very important decisions and life choices to the very person that they loathe. You know, and I'm not speaking about any one particular uh, side or anything it happens with every single one it's amazing well for all the 
that I like to hate on Dodo Pilcock these days because I really feel like he's lost his way for one reason or another, he does make a good point when he talks about President Stump and how so many people have father issues. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is back to Kelly Brogan's point. They have father yeah. issues and... Believe me, uh, I am I am not on the stump bandwagon. I'm not on the cue bandwagon. Cue is from the French. That's the word for asshole, and that's basically what you are if you believe in that government psyop. But well, there's nothing like childhood issues to influence your um, political preference. That's true. The same thing I think was going on with Hillary Hitman. You know, with. At least with, uh, you know, suppressed women and feminists suddenly, you know, inspire to back this. Um, witch? Witch is a good word, you know, without really realizing her true nature, without examining that, you know, just because she was a woman. Right, because she didn't have Cox postulates, right? Exactly. Right. It's really interesting to me, um, uh, something that came up for me earlier, and I, I found the quote that I, I was looking for. It's a, a wonderful quote from an article by uh, Brendan Murphy, who wrote a book called The, the Grand Illusion. It's a synthesis of science and spirituality. Uh, uh, I think that's the subtitle. Anyway, it's a, it, an, amazing, an amazing writer, amazing mind, and he wrote an article that's published on my blog at snoozetoawaken.com called 11 Golden Rules of Militant Jackson Pushers. And he brings up the, the uh, uh, founder of Jackson's, Edward Jenner, and it's back to what we covered in our last episode with uh, the same type of thing where you had Louis Pasteur and germ theory, and he was a plagiarist, in many ways a fraud and a charlatan, and yet he was his work was co-opted by the Pooh World Order and put on a pedestal and it eventually supplanted real medicine mm -hmm. which is the idea that we have an inherent immunity that we have an inherent terrain and we need to foster that immunity we need to to uh, realize our own ability to affect our health with the food that we eat the the thoughts that we have, which can epigenetically switch genes on and off in our bodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This, the notion that we have much more power over our environment than, than germ theory allows for. This is what Brendan has to say about Jenner, the developer of vaccines. His fourth point in 11 Golden Rules of Militant Vaccine Pushers. Number four, maintain blanket amnesia and ignore history. Mm -hmm. The shorter your memory, the better. History provides a plethora of uncomfortable and embarrassing material that is not flattering to the pro-Jax paradigm, to put it mildly. For example, Edward Jenner, the founding father of Jacksonation, was a liar and charlatan. He also became the most famous refuser of the early era of Jacksonation. His mentally retarded eldest son, who had been Jacksonated for smallpox at 10 months of age, died in a sickly and weakened state around the age of 20 after having been jacksonated multiple times. Jenner chose not to jacksonate his second son. Mm. 
the founder of Jacksines, after he killed his first son with Jacksonations, chose not to Jacksonate his second son. Mm-hmm. But nothing to see here, folks. Move along. You got to maintain your blanket amnesia, and it's and you must ignore history at all costs. Right. So are we ready to switch gears? Yeah, let's go for it. So we're going to get into this article that I wrote. It's at snoozetoawaken.com. I will put the link in the show notes. It's the primary link that we're working off of here. It's 21 powerful facts that demolish the official NOVID-19 narrative. And number one is the PCR test used to diagnose NOVID-19 was never intended to, to be used to detect viruses. Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, who won a Nobel Prize for his efforts, is on record as stating this is an inappropriate use of the technology that can easily produce false positive results. Amazing. So look at what we're seeing with the CDC waffling back and forth, the numbers up and down, the crazy numbers you hear all over the place for bolonavirus cases. The crazy number of asymptomatic Oh, yeah, all the walking dead out there just, who are just chock full of bolonavirus, apparently, but they feel fine. <laughs> but they could be carriers, and you better wear that mask on your ass. Right, yes, and and all the asymptomatic people out there um, will be very quickly shamed if they aren't considering other people when they go out in public and that's right spread their germs around. Yeah, you got your, all your bunny felches out there, all these little old baby boomers who you know. I mean, really, I mean, I was okay with the idea that 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 Bologna virus could be a uh, boomer remover, as Zero Edge said at one point. This was a uh, liar, Durden over on on uh, on Zero Edge. He mm-hmm. said it's just a boomer remover, and a lot of these people are recyclable because all they are is brown shirts for the Poo World Order, snitching on other people. This is my take on that that whole generation. They have parasitized the world. They have taken all the wealth for themselves. They've been terrible parents in in the main as a generation and what we end up with is basically weakened versions of human beings now moving into the millennial generation which is kind of a lost generation living in basements with no economic future and it's all thanks to the baby boomers Mm -hmm. so now they are these baby boomers are shaming everybody because how dare people want to go on with their lives when you could endanger a baby boomer who has parasitized everyone else and is on death's doorstep anyway. Right. Yeah. But it's definitely not just the baby boomers doing the shaming. Oh, no, it's not. I think it's anybody freaked out I just by like to the grind contagion. That <laughs> Anyone, like, heavily duped by the contagion model. You know, we're back they're to that, riddled, aren't we? riddled with fear. You know, they're the first people to put on their gloves and masks, even driving around their cars, which I think is funny. You know, um, it's actually not a really good idea to wear a mask for any length of time because you're inhaling your own carbon monoxide your and, own, and, and, and your own bologna virus, right? And you're which is just recycling through your asshole. Yeah, so you're um, toxifying your blood. 
Continually. In the room. room. You're fumigating, baby. (laughs) All right, number two. In one consequential study, it has been claimed that in otherwise healthy individuals, the rate of false positives for COVID-19 may be as high as 80%. This means that as many as four out of five individuals testing positive for COVID-19 may in fact be negative. Hmm. That's an extremely high error rate. Isn't it? Yes. But then you have people like who who spread just falsity. You have like Spike Adam over Unnatural News who has totally gone over to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Over there publishing articles saying claiming that COVID nineteen may be many times more more deadly than previously thought and the numbers may be skewed much much more to the high high end. Yeah, I don't even know how he can make those claims without a big wad of cash shoved in his face. Or up his ass. <laughs> or that. Which is apparently where his head is, so it's cash meets head. Apparently. <laughs> well, you did have that Stanford studio, uh, study recently that was also a scare tactic, and it was based on nothing because there's not even a virus here that that was arguing that there that there might be a lot more asymptomatic people out there. A lot of people took this as good news. Oh, great. That means that the, the, the death rates, the mortality rates are even lower than previously thought. And that's true. On the other hand, though, it's part of the psychological warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In which they're trying to get you to think that anybody is a potential carrier. Some little newborn baby could have it. Stay away. Don't touch. Right. Yeah. Which get is it? absurd. It's just absurd. It's so insane. And if you can't see that, please stop listening. Okay? This, this podcast is not for you. All right. Moving on. Three. Despite claims to the contrary... The COVID-19 virus has never been scientifically isolated in accordance with Cox postulates, a set of universally acknowledged research rules for identifying contagious agents. Which begs the question, why were these universally adopted and acknowledged in the first place? How did they even come into being if, if nothing was ever proven by them? Don't you have to have, like, something satisfy the Cox postulates to be like, oh, this is a, an example of what we'll call the Cox postulates. Now we can apply this to all kinds of little isolated microorganisms and see what we find. Well, yeah, good question. You had this, you had this sliologist, Robert Cox, who... He, he, he was uh, looking at the contagious model, the germ theory model. He was one of, he was an early proponent of the model. And he, he set about to just logically determine how you would, how you would go about assessing whether there is a contagion, ag- contagious agent involved. And initially, he, he created four postulates that you would have to be able to satisfy. And the first was that you would have to isolate the contagious agent. 
And that's just never really been done over and over again. They can't isolate anything. COVID-19 has never been isolated. And what's really, really fascinating is that number four here, COVID-19 has never actually satisfied any of Koch's postulates. And there are people out there claiming that it has, and those arguments have been meticulously picked apart by Dr. Andrew Kaufman and now others who have looked at those papers mm -hmm. and have seen that they have not satisfied in a logical and scientific way the basic criteria for Cox postulates. That's right. Yet we're on lockdown. We're in quarantine. Where our economy is being destroyed. We're being railroaded into the poo world order, one world government, forced vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. And yet there's no there there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number five. No virus has ever been scientifically verified in accordance with Cox postulates to be the cause of any illness. This includes HIV, polio, measles, and COVID-19. Wow. Yeah, that's big. So many of these things were their their cause was just made up before it was even tested or proven was never proven yeah never proven those things you know i mean what are all of these microsliologists and lyrologists even study lyology lyology uh, it's 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 ruling it's the world right job. now it is a full-time job and boy they sure can figure <laughs> all right number six in 2016 the german supreme court Basing its decision on the opinions of a panel of five experts with high levels of scientific expertise, issued a landmark decision in a case involving biologist, he's not a sliologist, he is a biologist, Stefan Lanka, establishing that the alleged measles virus had never been conclusively shown to exist, much less cause measles. <laughs> Do the math on that. There you go. This is the German Supreme Court. This mm -hmm. is not the kangaroo, kangaroo court of some tiny nation. This is the German, the, the most logical Supreme Court on the planet. Yep. They looked into the, the papers and all the scientific information and couldn't find it to exist. So basically, they said that measles virus does not exist, or at least it's never been proven to exist. Right, which begs the question, what causes measles? What causes measles? And that's, that is a, a good question, and we don't have time to get into it right now. It's an entirely different discussion, although I would recommend that you go listen to some of Dr. Kaufman's videos on the subject. He recently was interviewed by Brian Rose of London Real who became famous, I mean, he was already pretty well known, but he's a fellow MIT graduate. He was there, he was at MIT at the same time Dr. Kaufman was there. And it was Rose who interviewed David Icke that caused such a hullabaloo in the UK when they mentioned 5-Gaga in connection with Bolonavirus. Apparently, that's the one thing you couldn't talk about. And after years of being on the air and talk about talking about everything under the sun, Brian, 
and David, I put those pieces together and boom, he's deplatformed from PooTube in a heartbeat. Yep, along with any video talking about 5 Gaga in relation to balloon virus. Yep. So where there is smoke, there is fire. Absolutely. Number seven, no germ of any kind has ever been scientifically proved in accordance with Koch's postulates to be the cause of any illness. On this subject, it is worth noting the second word in the belief system that underwrites modern allopathic medicine and its warlike mentality against so-called contagious agents that have never been conclusively, conclusively linked to any disease. Germ theory. It's just a theory, folks. And it's ruling our lives. Yeah, and that tells you right there that nothing's ever been proven. You know how things are always put out in front of you, plain as day. Revelation if you're, of the if you're, method. If you're willing to to pay attention and really like read into the language. That's the deluded naughty strategy. They have to. They have. They feel that they have to yeah. reveal the truth in order to enslave and destroy us. Right. So they're telling you the truth. It's just a theory. Everyone is choosing to accept it as reality. Because Everyone, everyone's, everyone's a frigging idiot. Everyone's believing in it. And and that is shaping the fabric of their lives, particularly now, more than ever. And into the future, if we don't stem this tide. Number eight. Many scientists believe that there is no such thing as viruses. That viruses are naturally occurring cellular vesicles called exosomes that play a valuable role in detoxification and intercellular communication. In other words... Rather than being foreign invaders intent on destroying their hosts, viruses and other germs may actually be beneficial. Well, we're actually made up of them, all of all kinds of microorganisms. So let's hope that they're beneficial because our very lives depend on millions and trillions of them coexisting in our bodies. I've got, I've got two words for you to look up in relation to what Bonnie just said microbiome and virome with a V. Just look up those words, spend a little time with those concepts and consider the implications. It'll make you question your hand sanitizer. It sure will. Throw that shit out. Number nine. Images captured via electron microscopes reveal that Novid-19 is visually identical to an exosome. And if you Follow the link to this article. I have a picture for you, and it speaks a thousand words. Number 10. Novid-19 and exosomes share at least five other identical characteristics. Both have exactly the same diameter when inside cells, 500 nanometers. In this instance, an exosome would technically be called an endosome. They also have exactly the same diameter when outside cells, 100 nanometers. Both use the exact same receptor, the ACE2, for cellular access. Both contain RNA, and finally, both are found in, get this, lung fluid. That's a lot of similarities. Number 11, antibiotics, which are known to induce production of exosomes, are added to scientific te tests that have been used to falsely claim that the Novid-19 virus has been isolated. 
this one makes me laugh because <laughs> duh introduce a poison which is basically what an antibiotic is and get exosomes proliferate the body's um, defense agents that are going to show up in protecting the cell and removing waste material and then call them novid 19 right and then craft public policy based on that yes shut the world down and screw us all there's a genius to this plan, folks. If you if you haven't looked into the intricacies of this plan for world domination and control, now might be a good time to start. There is a genius to it, an absolute genius. I take my hat off to those motherfuckers. And it's 12. all psychological. And it's all psychological. It's about controlling your mind. They can. David Icke lays this out beautifully. He, he says, and he said this in his interview, he's been saying this for years, but he, he laid it out recently in his interview with Brian Rose at London Real. He said, you have, you have, human, you have information, which can include things you read and are exposed to in terms of the news and other sources, but it can also include your life experience. That creates perception, and then perception leads to behavior. So the genius of the Pooh World Order is that they, and the, and the deluded naughty, they understand this. They are very intelligent in many ways. And they realize that if they, they can control the information feed, think about censorship, mm -hmm. deplatforming, etc. They can change perception, make mm -hmm. a lot of people believe in a non-existent virus. Yeah. And that leads to behavior, accepting draconian control measures and vaccines that also have microchips in them and tracking devices. Yeah, because they want to be saved. And they're stupid. <laughs> okay. Number 12. Other factors, such as harmful electromagnetic radiation and even stressful emotions, such as fear, can also cause exosome production. The more fear, the more exosomes. This is particularly interesting given the widely acknowledged irresponsible manner in which the mainstream media and even much of the alternative media such as Dreg's Report and Zero Edge have reported on the pandemic. Yep. Boycott Zero Edge, boycott Dreg's Report along with all the other ruse media out there, okay? ABC Ruse, NBC Ruse, CBS Ruse, Fox Ruse. It's all a ruse. Yeah, the fear-mongering is awful. People have to see through it. Number 13. Historically, the vast majority of pandemics have occurred soon after introduction of new electrical technology. The Spanish flu, for example, happened following introduction of high-powered radio transmitters, while the Asian flu followed installation of global radar surveillance systems. Novid-19 erupted soon after installation of five Gaga in key locations worldwide, including Wuhan, China, which was one of the first places to conduct five Gaga trials. And we wonder why you can't talk about it. You can't talk about it, but you can say five Gaga and Bologna virus, and that's why we're that's saying right. those things. But if you can't this talk is about satire, it, it's by real. The way. If you can't talk about it, if it's banned... That cut and dry, it's real. There's something there. Even if we don't know exactly what the relationship is, 
Yes. There is something valid to anything that gets banned so intensely. Completely agree. I, I mean, I know that Dr. Kaufman, as an example, really doesn't see a relationship between 5-Gaga and Bolonavirus. He just believes there's no there there. The numbers don't support it. The symptoms can typically be uh, the purported symptoms of, of uh, Bolonavirus can uh, typically be attributed to other diseases. Mm-hmm. And, and he may absolutely have a point. On the other hand, I think that this entire uh, five gaga phenomenon and its relationship to human health, especially when you look at the history of pandemics, and this is this is a major subject. Uh, if you haven't read Arthur Furstenberg's *The Invisible Rainbow*, this book is all about that. Beautiful, beautifully researched book about how different levels of electrification of the earth through different technologies have have immediately preceded all of these historical pandemics, or at least in the modern era. What's interesting to me, as someone who has studied things like torsion energy, which is a, 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 a controversial notion, but it's this idea that there is a substrate of energy that underwrites the whole world. Torsion energy is basically consciousness. You have people like uh, another real biologist, Rupert Sheldrake, talking about morphic fields. That's essentially what he's talking about is this energy of consciousness that underwrites the world. It gives rise to the world. Mm-hmm. So one question is, how does, how does something like an electrical technology, when it's introduced on a very large scale to the planet, impact the torsion field? Could that allow torsion waves to create the appearance of a virus by energizing people, making them detox, for example. Mm. It's been shown that these energies can be both good and bad. They can induce illness. Yeah. So some questions. That's a very good question. Yeah. For me, if I were studying this as a scientist, I would want to know about the relationship between the the uh, these uh, new electrical technologies, these new radiation technologies, and the Schumann resonance, the Earth's resonant frequency. Is there any correlation there? Is there any correlation with the 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 magnetic poles of the Earth? Is there any correlation with atmospheric thickness in terms of ozone or other things uh, the protective envelope of the earth the magnetic uh, the magnetosphere the the envelope of the earth i think it's the right word right the magnetosphere mm-hmm. these will be interesting questions to ask because if you for example uh, if you manage to suppress the magnetosphere you would expose yourself to more solar radio solar and cosmic radiation right potentially right right uh, and that could be very problematic and could induce all kinds of disease states. So these are really serious scientific questions that need to be explored for people to understand how you don't necessarily need to have a cell, uh, a five gaga cell tower sitting beside your ear for it to induce illness in you, if that's possible. Right. Yeah. Good questions. Number 14, 5 Gaga technology has been documented to be highly absorbable by atmospheric oxygen, raising the possibility of adverse effects owing to the quality of breathable oxygen. The symptoms of many people purportedly suffering from COVID-19 have been described by various doctors as similar to oxygen deprivation from altitude sickness. 
Hmm. So there's a lot of information going around in relation to bologna virus that, that, and, and 5-GAGA that it messes with your hemoglobin. Yeah, that, um, that um, it can make it difficult for oxygen to bind to hemoglobin. And so we're on a, sort of on the subject of blood here with hemoglobin, right? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to note that in the Spanish flu, even though they called it a flu, its symptoms were not flu-like. Uh, a lot of its symptoms, at least, were not flu-like. People were bleeding heavily. It was as if they were having difficulty clotting. Mm -hmm. They would bleed out their nose, their mouths. Uh, I, I, I think I've read material saying that they, ble they bled out of their eyes and mm -hmm. maybe their ears. It's been a long time since I, I read that, so I would need to double-check all of that. But certainly heavy bleeding from the mouth and, and the nose mm -hmm. were involved in Spanish flu. So, again, a very strange connection to a flu, a flu pandemic linked potentially to an electrification event on the Earth with weird consequences for blood and oxygen. Right, yeah. And or hemoglobin, at the very least. Right, yeah, with no real explanation for what was going on. Number 14, numerous scientific tests. This is 15. Oh, no, 15, yes. Numerous scientific tests involving invasive sharing of various body fluids established that the Spanish flu was not contagious. Its method of transmission was never established to be contagious. Yeah, and this, this information has been making the circles, too. With yes. Uh, yes. talk about people, you know, sneezing and coughing and sick people on healthy individuals and nobody got Not sick a bumpus, in the study. Nothing. It was crazy. It just didn't <laughs> didn't work. So it couldn't make uh, again, a that was one sick. of the biggest pandemics in history with many, many, many more deaths than have been attributed to our non existent Novid nineteen. And even the Spanish flu was not infectious. Right. Number 16. A number of the areas hardest hit by Novid-19 had seen more aggressive than usual vaccination and flu shot campaigns leading up to the outbreak. Guess what those shots can produce, Clyde? Uh, exosomes? Ding, 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 ding. And illness? <laughs> Yes, can make people definitely more vulnerable. Um, many vaccinations have been linked to like asthmatic tendencies and difficulty breathing and not to mention uh, autoimmune problems in general. Well, ding, 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 ding. For me, I was almost killed by a vaccination and I had exactly those types of symptoms. Right. Yeah. In fact, the lungs become very vulnerable. That's a very common thing for people. Um, highly sensitized by whatever vaccinations they've received. Let me get this straight. So there's there's the five gaga which may be impacting the stability of oxygen molecules and then there's And maybe increasing detox in people who are heavily toxic. But then you've got jaxines which can cause all kinds of problems with the lungs. Right. Like I experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a wow. curiosity. Uh, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Move Number 17. Jackstines are known to contain aluminum, mercury, formaldehyde, and toxic adjuvants capable of creating numerous side effects such as coughing, sneezing, and difficulty breathing. Yes. So 
we were just saying men are, many of these vulnerable people are more toxic and perhaps this is why if they've been taking you know flu shots every year and you know getting their recommended which are full of thimerosal which is mercury which was one of one of the most toxic substances on our planet it's Absolutely. a major neurotoxin and you so know if, 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 if the if the flu shots and, and vaccines in general had nothing but thimerosal in them we would be in big doo-doo mm -hmm. but they have all kinds of other things including weird diseased animal tissues and dna and it, the, the list is it goes on for pages it's amazing yeah and i read um that apparently um in italy in lombardy the heavily affected area supposedly by the bologna virus um their uh, elderly population are given more shots than anyone else and they give them higher doses of like flu shots and things so a lot of these already frail people are are getting inundated mm -hmm. with toxins that that their body really can't process out but it's okay really they're baby boomers so we're, we're good to go okay number 18 no vaccine has ever been scientifically proved to protect individuals or populations from any disease this includes polio which epidemiologists have have shown was already in decline when the polio vaccine was rolled out Antibody production is merely circumstantial evidence that vaccines confer immunity. In fact, much scientific evidence exists showing that vaccines actually cause the diseases against which they supposedly provide protection. Duh. Duh. That's a good duh. Wow. Just amazing stuff. Number 19, vaccines are never 100% safe. Vaccine leaflets indicate they have numerous potential side effects, including paralysis, brain damage, and even death. In the United States, vaccine manufacturers are immune <laughs> from normal legal prosecution in the event their vaccines cause harm. A secretive court exists to hear such cases. The details of these cases are not allowed to be made public. Millions of dollars each year are awarded to parties who have been severely injured by vaccines. Secretive court. Gosh. Uh, Nazi Germany, anyone? I was going to say, Soviet Russia, Khmer Rouge. What are we talking about here, people? Something wrong if it's a secret. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Number 20. Even though vaccines have never been proved to be effective, and are unsafe in many instances, they are being illogically positioned to become mandatory in the case of Novid-19. Hui bono, who benefits, is the logical question that any thinking person should ask. Any single one of the above facts should, in a sane and just society, be enough to begin unraveling the official narrative surrounding Novid-19 that it is solely responsible for causing a contagious viral pandemic, pandemic, requiring planetary lockdown, universal tests, a mandatory vaccine, and health passports to return to work and normal life. Taken together, these facts completely demolish this official narrative and invite speculation relative to a minutely orchestrated global 
criminal conspiracy where Novid-19 is concerned. But just in case you need one more fact to bring this point home, consider 21. Social distancing, which has caused untold economic and psychic trauma to the entire world, is a relatively new coinage that only dates back to 2006. The practice has never been scientifically shown to curtail any pandemic. Like germ theory, it is merely an unproven scientific theory. And you are the guinea pig. Well, it's time to wrap up this episode of Truth Outlaws. We hope you enjoyed our little chat as much as we did. Be sure to tune in next time. And please share this podcast with other outlaws out there. Why not go out in a blaze of glory? They're coming for us anyway.